Hello. Are you back? We are back. I'm so sorry to have interrupted that amazing story about June. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it's like the most June thing to have ever Juned. I know. Poor thing. She's just a psychopath. She tells me on a daily basis, though, she's like over it. And if I don't give her the iPad, then she's never going to love me ever again. And then the next minute, she's like, I love you so much, mommy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Promises, promises, kid. Anyway, wow. so anyway, it just, I, so I get it. Like, you know, she just, I, I really do think that Anna really puts too, she gets her feelings hurt so badly by these shitty kids. I mean, the, the other ones, I think, like the fact that their mom's happy and they don't hate Marcel. He's not a bad person. He's certainly not mean. Um, it's interesting how attached they actually seem to be to him, like not just to the relationship or to yeah. their mom being happy, but I think maybe we are not understanding the depth of these relationships because to us it just looks like they can't communicate at all but maybe they do a little better than you know maybe it's a bad edit yeah and it doesn't appear that he is um it doesn't appear that that they have their own father in their life no i think she says in her like introductory episode that their dad is not you know not around well, so it makes sense that, you know, they latch on to this, like, weird dude from Turkey. Yeah, I mean, I I think that at this point, they are going to get married. Like, they're going to, you know, be functional for some period of time. And then the question is, do they remain functional? Right. I don't know. I mean, I but I, I, I certainly was absolutely blown away and very gratified that the story took such a turn. I mean, I don't even care which way it goes. I just want these things to be interesting and unexpected because so yes, frequently with this show unexpected i was surprised actually that he was able to come back well because that's the it, only that's the only problem with this show the, it begs the question then like the fact that sinjin couldn't leave while she was in costa rica so marcel couldn't leave either but he did no so but then he had to completely like you know throw himself on the mercy of the embassy in turkey like he had absolutely lost his right to be here under that visa before he like basically had it reissued Uh that was what they were saying that like these things never get reissued like you basically if you go back or you know the person your sponsor like withdraws sponsorship or whatever any number of like triggering events and then this happened there was a description of this regarding what's his name, the giant guy from Washington. Like, mm-hmm. if you do one of these sort of triggering events, it seems like you start the whole K-1 process all over yeah. again. And I think that's sort of what happened. And the embassy, for some reason, decided to, like, work with him on this, which is so crazy. Yeah, I thought that was super insane. Like It was a perfect, like, except, like the exception proves the rule situation, just yeah. given, like, how many times we've seen this movie and how long it takes and how they have no information and like yeah. all this stuff. So I guess miracles do happen in Turkey. <laughs> Apparently. I have so, to say his hometown of Antalya did look idyllic. It I mean, hella nice. <laughs> I think she would probably have loved to live there yeah. if she didn't have the issue of the of the children. I hate the idea that that's here. an issue. It's like, well, fuck, I, Okay, know? I mean, but, no, but the reality. Right. It's, she it's does un- look at it that way. I mean, you're right. But because it's, it, because to be honest, I mean, she's not, it's, it's, well, you know what? It just goes with the thing that, the whole saying that it, I mean, it's difficult to date when you are 
a single parent. And it's, it's like the definition to, of baggage. It is. And it's not even like a bad, it's not like kids are bad baggage or bad things or whatever like that. It's, it's not even about that per se. It's just about the fact that when you are dating as a single parent, it's not just about the two people falling in love. There's this whole other thing that you have to really, really take into account. You have to think about the whole picture. And it's true. I mean, I know when I you know, was dating my husband, I had to think about the fact that I wasn't going to be able to live in San Francisco anymore. And that was kind of part of me, my dream. I wanted to live in San Francisco forever. I never wanted to leave the city. I certainly didn't want to leave the city and move to the East Bay. And that's kind of what I had to do if I wanted to be with this person because his son was over here. His son's mom was here. She wasn't leaving and going anywhere. We had to sort of amend our plans to kind of work with what already existed, this pre pre-existing condition of him having a child, you know? So, but I remember it being a big issue for me because I didn't want to leave the city. I loved my city life. I loved my apartment. I loved my friends. I loved my, where I lived. Yeah. It's a huge bummer, but it was also, I mean, but then there's so much you gain, right? Because you get to be in this happy marriage or relationship. And so, I mean, it's not like it was all just horrible and downside. There was obviously a lot of good as well. It just was, you know, you have to give up a lot and you have to think about a lot more than if it was just me and him dating and he hadn't been married before, hadn't had kids before and didn't have any children. Then it's like, I have the freedom to live wherever I want. And so does he, you know, it does seem like Marcel ultimately it seems to me that it wasn't that he had a problem with her and her having kids it really was just his parents because I I started questioning that at some point yeah like do you just not like these kids you know and I like I said I think he gets I think he got a very bad edit in terms of how he related to the kids like just the fact that there was almost no footage of it tells me that whatever footage there was probably made him out to have a pretty good relationship with them and I don't think TLC like really wanted us to see that so I think we all sort of got the impression just from such a dearth of footage Mm -hmm. that maybe he wasn't interacting with them a lot, but just based on what the kids were saying about him, you know, kids don't lie, not kids, kids that age don't lie about, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like this. So I think that maybe there's a real relationship there between him and the kids. And that's why I, I have hope for them now. I mean, I really was completely, completely hopeless. I thought they were completely done. And, um, you know, I guess it's a question of, Will she ever really, truly forgive him? I think she will. I because don't know. I, I think she knows that it wasn't just him, too. I, I think she does believe that it was his family. I know, but he was so weak, you know, like to. I know, but he's. I do that. The thing is, though, he doesn't come off as a very strong person. So you either have to take him with his weakness and just accept that that's who he is. And quite frankly, I think she will. Because she's willing to accept a lot. I mean, there are a lot of deficiencies here. He doesn't speak the language. They communicate via app. They, you know, he, his family is against us. He lives in a different country. I mean, there's so many, there's so much red tape and so many hoops that she has to jump through just to be in a relationship with him. Once he's here, I think it would, I just think she's insecure enough to not rock the boat with him. And he's, I agree. He's just not For a, a strong while, anyway. person. Yeah, he's just not a strong person. Well, we'll see how that plays out. 
Yeah. She's not particularly strong either. So. Oh, God, no. She's terribly weak. Maybe in, on some level she gets it because she, you know, maybe would have a similar reaction to his in a, yeah. in a similar situation, you know, versus like me and my husband, I'm like much more of a, like, I don't, I don't want to say I'm a stronger, I have a stronger personality, but um, I definitely am less sort of willing to go along with things that I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, willing to get along with people that I don't like, you know, yeah. and he is just super, super easygoing. And sometimes I, cause we're opposites in that way. We mm-hmm. frustrate each other a lot because we just can't understand how the other person could possibly have the reaction that they have to mm-hmm. a given situation versus at least I think these two kind of have that in common. Yeah. I and now that the that. actual obstacle has been removed, like they might be fine. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And I hope one of them learn. I hope that they learn each other's language soon. Yeah. I, she, she's making a lot of efforts to speak Turkish, which I'm really impressed by. Yeah. But I mean, he's got to, I feel like, I, I am not one of those people that's like, you're in this country, you have to speak English. But I do think it would make his life a lot easier, particularly with the children and her entire family, if he made more of an effort to learn English. Well, he clearly speaks more English than she speaks Turkish already. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and it'll, it'll, the, the imbalance will just get greater and greater and greater yeah. until he's basically fluent or fluent. So there's them. That's exciting. Okay. Ma- mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> um, okay. So then we have, so Anna Marcel. Um, and then we have, let's go to Tanya and Sinjin. Oh, I love well, saying his name. Sinjin. There hasn't been much with them other than her like great revelation that he's no- not only not her soulmate, <sighs> although he believes she is his soulmate, but that her ex-boyfriend is her soulmate. I don't know which is the worst. I think that she's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, she just misspoke. She I think. misspoke, I think she was but she's thoughtless. not letting it go. And the thing that I yeah, like... She won't admit she was wrong. There's so many things about her that irritate me. I mean, you know I'm not a Team Tanya person. I know. But like, even when she was trying on her dress with her family and her friends there, like her like total disdain for wearing a, a white dress i'm so not traditional okay you're so cool like you yeah. know what i mean it just was so irritating and then how she told them thinking that they would totally get where she's coming from she tells them i was like yeah I t-, he said that of course i'm your soulmate and they're all like nodding like of course he loves you that's so great and then she's like and then she asked me and i said no he's not my soulmate i don't see him like that and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like they're all like that was this why would you say that and it's it's totally one of those things where like even if she does truly in her heart feel that he's not her soulmate why in that moment won't you just give it to him you're gonna marry the fucking guy like does he need to know that you have this like soul connection with somebody else who you're never gonna be with like why why do you have to do that especially knowing how hurt he is i would go to him immediately and be like you know what i totally misspoke I was thinking of it in a different way, but of course you're my soulmate. Otherwise, I wouldn't be marrying you. Like, I agree with you I don't completely. Think That's exactly lying. what she should do. I don't think it's, it's lying. It's just like, because you obviously care enough about him to be married to him, and you're not marrying your alleged soulmate. Like, don't you have to kind of like go with what you're, you know what I mean? It just was so stupid. I was like so irritated with her. I think the problem with her is that she she's very insecure. And so she uses these like, these principles i think that she's always i my imagine my 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 impression of her is that she's never really fit in and you know she's kind of combative and she's 
you know, never really gotten along with people. She probably was not sort of very popular, if you know what I mean, and that kind of a thing. And I think that what she's done is she's taken up these principles as shields. And a lot of these principles are things that are unusual. You know what I mean? Like the idea of not wearing the white dress and all that shit. Like I think to her, traditional, quote, unquote, unquote, traditionalism means some kind of right-wing conservatism. Yeah, it's Um, very weird. And so she's using her her principles as shields and as weapons in order to protect herself because she feels so insecure all the time. She feels like she's going to get rejected by people, et cetera. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons that she sort of manifested this white South African. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. The perfect foil. But he's from from Africa. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, sure, sure. I would love to hear someone say that to her and watch the smoke come out of her ears. But you know what I mean? Like she's, she's, she's doing what we all do, which is she's creating this world to foil her because mm-hmm. she's so insecure and she has low self-esteem. Right. So um, I think she did that to him in order to protect herself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and what's weird is that she did it after he had said she was his soulmate. So it wasn't oh. even like, I think she's so used to this knee jerk, you know, defensiveness and this fear of being rejected that even in a moment when she's clearly not being rejected, she still wants to reject first. Do you it's, know what I mean? Yeah, I, I no, no, no. I totally get it. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. The thing is, I act, you know, I, I love Sinjin. We all do. He's a sweet, sweet man. And I just, I never be, said, they never said he wasn't. No, no, no. But because of that, I just hate her even more. Yeah, it's, sad, it's a, hard to watch. It's I think he watch. truly is in love with her. And he's I totally think out he, of his league with her, like in terms of he doesn't know how thorny this situation really is that he's in. Yeah, and I, how much and he's gonna get? They're hurt. like classic vacation love. Yeah, I agree. you know, and now that I he's agree. seeing her for who she really is, I think he's kind of like, what did I get myself into? But he's but not he gonna leave her. You. No, yeah, he, loves he loves her, her. and he wants to be with her. She's just making it incredibly challenging for no reason. I think this is a couple that just gets divorced. You know, not 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 after very long either. Just like oh, God, you know, so once the dust really settles. Because the 90-day period is bullshit. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's just this, like, shitstorm of intensity and yeah. timelines. And so I think that once they get married and the dust settles, he's going to look at her and say, why am I married to you? You know, and it's going to fall perfectly into her plan, her life plan for herself, which is that she's going to go through life fighting things and fighting people and never getting what she wants, you know, because she doesn't really think she deserves it. I love Sinjin and I just hope he gets what he deserves because and in the end he'll be in back awful. of the bush, you know, with his walking back stick with like a, like a rope, a rope of like, I love him. That he's Stop making over fun his of him. shoulder. I love him. I'm actually painting a very realistic picture. <laughs> I love him. He's going to stay in America and be happy with somebody. I don't else. think so. I don't think he'd stay here. I don't know why he would. He was happy at home. Yeah, it's true. He's not. He's definitely not here for citizenship. Well, he he doesn't want to make money. Like he's he's not a mercenary, materialistic guy. And yeah. you know, welcome to America. <laughs> like that's what this world is over here. So it's no, true. I think they're going to get divorced and he'll move home, and that's that. And she'll convince herself it's because he was racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she'll just... She's like, you can take the white man out of South Africa. exactly she's gonna convince herself that it's like his fault yeah because she's practicing village medicine yeah he couldn't just accept her for who she was 
And it's she's like, gonna no, live in her just... mother's shed for the rest of her life. I know. God, should she's probably okay with that? No, I I feel really badly for her. I think this is where you and I differ. Where I think we both completely recognize her incredible flaws and the problems with the way she treats Sinjin. But I really, really empathize with her. I think she's really sad and has low self-esteem and is deeply, deeply insecure. And I just think that's a sad thing to see. I think it's sad too, but don't take it out on my boy, Sinjin. No, I feel bad for Sinjin, but I I think he's feeding into her neuroses. And to some extent, I think he's doing it knowingly. Oh, I don't know. He's like, a... I think he could go and get a fucking job, you know? Well, yeah, but they're not there yet. He he literally cannot right now. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt and see if he changes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're he's right. no jazz. That's a fair point. No, okay. So let's move on to that. She's this, these a are, these horrible, are probably horrible person. My, these are probably my, my favorite couple to hate. Uh-huh. Just because there's a lot there. Like, there's a lot to unpack there. I... I Okay, go ahead. You, you can start with them. So Blake and Jasmine, we find out that she's still a selfish, horrible bitch. And she has decided to up the ante by bringing her parents and continuing to be a stupid, horrible, selfish bitch. I loved how her parents were like so perfectly. Ex- they looked like her parents. Like, like, and they wouldn't talk. You know? like, and so whenever funny. they talk, you know, she's like, I'm not going to ever get a job, obviously. And they're like, yeah, she's always said that. They kind of like spoken riddles. Yeah, and it was it's funny because I just feel like if I don't know, we just have obviously she and I have very different parents because my dad would be like, you know, like if I walked into a relationship and was like, I'm never going to work ever. And you're just going to have to figure out how to support me and my wonderful lifestyle. Like and I told my parents, I'm just going to find somebody to marry who's going to take care of me because I never want to work and I never want to do anything. I'm just not that nine to five person. I feel like my parents would be like, good luck. You know, my parents might have said that to my face, but they never would have thrown me under the bus in front of my in-laws. So I, but my I parents probably did. would have had a, no, they didn't. I'm saying, I think my parents would have had a similar reaction in that moment, in that context to her parents, which is just like, you know, not oh, necessarily throwing full support by her behind her, but they were not going to engage. You know, Blake's mom was being incredibly antagonistic, incredibly patronizing. She was clearly trying to get Jasmine's own parents to gang up on her. Right, right. Along right. alongside herself. And I I thought I found it very distasteful. And I was, you know, I was really, really irritated with Blake for not standing up for Jasmine in that yeah. situation. Like he's I think they're gonna have real problems because not just because she doesn't want to work. Because I don't get the impression he is deeply disturbed by that. I think we would probably know if he really had a problem with that. I mean, I doubt he's thought it through completely. I don't think he's thought it through completely because I don't think he realizes what taking care of her is going to mean. Because right now he's just not. They don't even know. No, he's not. Yeah. He's not like living off of him. No, I just feel like it's not. I I I did think that it was incredibly selfish of her to say that she wanted to not work so that she could work on her sort of spirituality or whatever. It's like, yeah, everybody wants to go live in a fucking ashram and, you know, find inner peace. But like most people have to put food on the table. You know, most people have life and the requirements of life getting in the way of maybe a spiritual journey or what have you. And, you know, that's why it's the Richard Branson's of the world, you know, the meet the Dalai Lama or whatever the fuck, you know, it's people that have, money and don't have to worry about like just the grind you know the idea that she's somehow above the grind Mm -hmm. is very distasteful 
And it just, it just, it just betrays, like I said, a, a really deep selfishness that she truly only thinks about herself and her own interests. Oh, for sure. She's just like, I don't, you know, I just don't feel like I'm going to. Like, what about Blake's spiritual journey? You know, like, I is can't he ever going to have a minute of the day to, like, look at what he wants and what, you know, where he fits in all of this? And you know, change. Like, that's the thing that people don't get, I think, a lot of times, is, like, things, life changes for people so where you think you're going to be in the beginning is not necessarily where you end up and she says oh I you know I'm gonna um I'm gonna stay home and raise the children or whatever it's like what if you can't get pregnant what if you can't exactly or if you if you get pregnant or whatever and you realize like I really hate this. I hate this. Staying at home is awful I hate this it's like ruining my life a lot of women hate it I hate people it. who thought that they would want to do it. And on the opposite where I thought I wanted to be completely focused on my career, have my husband home with the kids. And now we've completely flipped. It's exactly, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I hated it. I was home with my daughter for 11 months and it was the longest 11 months of my life. I was miserable. I was not the mother I could have been or should have been. I would have been much happier if I had a little bit more space with her. I had a lot of quantity time, but not a lot of quality time. And it was, it was not good for me. It was not good for her. I think, um, I, I, I just, I hated it. I really hated it. And I, you know, and so it could be that she thinks she's going to love, it. it's going to be so easy because, you know, people that don't have kids think that having kids is so easy. Um, and then they have it and they're like, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is a lot harder and it can be really awful and then so she decides she doesn't want to stay home and then what happens oh you have to work extra hard because not only do I not want to work I also don't want to take care of the kids you're right I mean that could but I mean I I I I think the only thing that's missing here is any information about how capable she would be to like roll with the punches you know to like change plans but I don't think she is that person because look we've already seen her like so rigid about the drinking and so she rigid is very rigid and not wanting yeah. to spend time with his friends and not, she's not a go with the punches type of person. I agree. I agree. So I mean, I just think someone posed it to her. Like what happens if, you know, something happens to Blake or whatever. And she's like, yeah, well then I would work like I'm educated and this and that. And so, you know, I kind of okay. believe her, you know, mm-hmm. like, all right, maybe it's, she's, she's sort of like doing what she can get away with. And the, the only problem with that is, is she taking too much from her partner, you know, to the point that he's going to end up presenting her and this, that, and the other, because I'd say that is one of the biggest problems. And it's almost, it's nearly, if not completely ubiquitous in relationships where one partner works and the other one stays home. They really, there's a lot of resentment a lot of the time because there's just such a myopia. It's just the human condition, right? Like you only really understand your own daily existence And you see the, you know, let's say you're the the person working, like you see your commute and you see your boss and you see all the shit that you deal with in a day. And you're not actually seeing how many Cheerios your stay at home partner is picking up off the floor in the day. Right. No, how many times they're having to do this, that and the other and how little time they have to themselves. Like maybe the person working is able to zone out on a, on a commute and like watch a movie and the person at home literally never gets that time in right. an entire day, you know? So it's about just not truly failing to understand an experience that is so different from yours versus two people that work. They just assume, Oh, I had a shitty day. The other person had a shitty day at work. We're all, it's all shitty, you know, and then that has its own problems. Right. Um, but 
I think that they are definitely going to have, they are going definitely going to develop that, that um, dynamic of mutual resentment. And she, he may have some inkling of that. I think she has no inkling of that whatsoever. She mm-hmm. just thinks it's a free ride. And that's what his mom has a problem with. Like she, she's upset that Jasmine is just really not thinking about Blake's well-being whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I, I, mean, I think it's true. Absolutely. I mean, she's thinking this little selfish bitch comes here and expects my son to take care of her ass. My son can't even take care of his ass. So that's the question. That's her. That, I'm sure that's what she's thinking. I don't like how his mother's going about expressing herself. I really have a problem with it. Yeah. She's um, just sort of like trying to like poke and poke and poke. And she's poke. too involved. She's, she's trying to control him just like Jasmine's trying to control him. Um, yeah. She's not allowing her adult son to just make his own decisions. There are no children involved. Like he has the right to make decisions about who he's going to marry and what his lifestyle is going to be. And I, you know, and that, of course, is always the problem with daughters-in-law, mothers-in-law, maybe even sons and fathers-in-law. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you get these parents that feel like they can exert control over adult children. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not true. I mean, she has no right to do that. No, I agree. And I I think she does. I, I agree with you. Her delivery is wrong. And especially when she's like meeting the parents. That and was rough. Try to turn the parents against Jasmine against her. Like, come on, they're not going to go for them. their yeah, daughter. It was, it was so ill conceived. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just was so stupid. And they're just like, whatever. What do you want me to say? I think his mom is really, really, really upset, and she's good enough at she's she's just talented enough and smart enough to hide that. But mm-hmm. then the sort of results of her meddling and her sort of intensity mm-hmm. with them is all we see. And it's too bad because I think if she could just be more like open about it and just say, I'm so scared that my son is going to end up unhappily married and then have that be it. Yeah, like we would all be much more sympathetic can't. to her. She can't. No, instead she just tries to control the situation. And all she's going to do is estrange her son and daughter-in-law from herself. Oh, for sure. That's all she's going to succeed the in The daughter-in-law already doesn't want to have anything to do with her. And, and I think this is why. I mean, imagine living with this woman, those kind of, like, vibes rolling off. You need to learn time. how to... I mean, it's totally... It's, there's, a, like, my grandmother was very much like this. Like, oh, you've got to learn how to cook, Lisa. Nobody's going to marry you if you don't know how to cook. And, oh, you better learn how to clean because who's going to marry you if you don't know how to clean? And it grates on you. And, it, and I'm sort of... I was sort of that person that was kind of like, screw them then. I just won't marry them if they're not going to... You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to marry somebody just so I can take care of them. Um, but at the same, she was my grandmother, right? And I loved her. And so I just kind of had to suck it up and deal with the fact that this was her perspective or whatever. This is what It's she was harder to do that when it's an up. in-law because it's not your mother. Right. When it's my mother yeah. or my grandmother, I can just like suck it up and deal with it. But when it's my mother-in-law, I can very easily just be like, look, well, especially if I'm Jasmine, I could very yeah. easily, when I move out and live with Blake alone, She'll just very, refuse to see her Yeah, I don't want to see my mother-in-law. I don't want to take her. I don't want to go up there. That's if what she, she's going to do. And if she's, she's absolutely going to do that. If she's the one caring for the children and Blake is their only son, well, that's going to be their only grandkid. And you think she's going to be happy to take the kid over to visit the grandparents while Blake's at work all day? No. She's gonna be I think she crazy. will if she can get some free babysitting out of it. Yeah, that's true. She it's might. possible that that would be like the only thing that would get her back into a relationship with her mother-in-law. Sorry, I forgot to turn off my do not disturb. 
Oh, it's okay. Our it's turn. like you can't really hear anything from our end. Just like kind of silence. Okay, good. There we go. Now it's on. All right. Um, okay. You know what I want to know? I wish we had someone around from Finland to tell us. She's normal. What... No, because, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she's not. Because yeah, my no, understanding no. of the Scandinavian countries, mm-hmm. and I think Finland is one of them, excuse me if that's not true, is that there's such a push for equality and there's such a push for women to work. Um, and the government provides all kinds of subsidies and just crazy things. I mean, things that we consider crazy, but they're actually like clearly necessary for women back to work after having kids, especially, you know, subsidies for childcare and all this stuff. So I imagine actually that in Finland, she would be vilified even more than here. Cause here there's like a very healthy culture of stay at home moms. I actually just read an article yesterday. It was fascinating. It was, a, it was actually in a UK publication and it was about how it's spreading to the UK from the United States, this movement called the quote unquote trad wife movement which is short for traditional wife Mm -hmm. and it's literally these women that like follow this 1960s handbook for being a good wife you know just like very traditional housewifery if you will Mm -hmm. and it's starting to spread into europe and asia but it is it has been considered more of an american thing Mm -hmm. because it was like the 50s post-war ideal you know and it's really had an imprint on I think our national culture, but I think in Finland, it's the absolute opposite where they really don't tolerate <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, that yeah. kind of very traditional housewife. Uh, it's not an ideal there. So I'm wondering if it's not one of the reasons she wanted to move here. Like if that really was just what she wanted, maybe from a very young age, it could just be that this was her dream. And I don't think we should judge her for dreaming of being a housewife. My no, problem is I guess she not. doesn't actually have any kids. She doesn't actually have a house. So what is she keeping? Um, I, she's just doing my, nothing. So I, that's, that's the problem. I, think. I guess my judgment, because of course I am judging. It's what I do. It's why I'm here. I'm glad you, one of us does it. Cause otherwise it can be like a very boring show. Oh, I for sure judge. Are you kidding? Um, I, I, my judgment comes from her expectation that some, this person is going to be able to, I guess my judgment is in her ignorance about what, who she's marrying. Well, well, we don't know like what his situation is. Like he, he could be presenting himself as like very, you know, like up and coming and I don't know. She's living with his mom and dad because he was living with her, his mom and dad. And she, well, that's true. They said she, he, she, they can't live there together. So then he had to quickly go find not a place, but I think he's just like crashing on someone's couch because if he had his, his own place, yeah, if he had his own place, she'd be moved in there with him. I if mean, he, clearly. I mean, so she can't think he's loaded. If not, if she thought he had all this money, she would have been like, why can't we just stay in your apartment? Oh, honestly, you're right. I mean, you're right. I'll I'll give you that. She's not an idiot. She knows. And so the fact that she's putting this already expectation on him, kind of knowing that he doesn't have a means by which to support her. I guess she's just saying you're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, I guess that's my judgment of, of her is just like, come on, lady. No, I think you're right. And I, and I do think she's a monster. So I, she is the only true exception I've made in this season that I've stood by. I think she's a monster. I think she's very selfish. I think she's like a, I kind of wish we were looking at her and her sister for that matter through a different lens, like through the lens of a show that focuses on like 
sort of the monsters of Instagram, you know, like mm-hmm. people who have like influencers, you know, people who have just sort of sold their souls to look a certain way on social media and this and that, because she clearly falls much more into that category than the category of like an immigrant, you know, coming on a 90 day fiance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's weird that she's on this reality show. She could clearly be on any number of other reality shows that focus more on the fact that she's just like this horrible byproduct of our gen of this generation you know of people who grew up with selfies and all this shit i mean she looks plastic she looks completely overdone you know her aesthetic is just beyond the pale so i wish we could focus on that because frankly that's what's really interesting about her well and you know what i thought i this was another thing i thought about when i saw her is when i saw her and her sister with the parents those girls both got serious nose jobs and I don't know that it served her well. They both have had many lip injections or mighty lip injections. I should say. Well, the say. sister looks much better though. The sister, the looks sister did a lot of her work was done better. I agree. She had much better work done, but I, neither one of them have their parents nose and neither one of them have their parents lips. So it is very obvious to me that that's true. And, and of course we don't know for a fact, but I could not agree more. And Jasmine looks like she got a nose, a nose job or nose jobs that have resulted in like, mi- you know, minimized like breathing, you know, there's yeah. like barely a hole for her nostril. There is a lot of, it looks painful. It looks like she's constantly like uncomfortable. It's also to me, it's if in fact that she did get a lot of pa- plastic surgery, which I agree, I believe she did it's deeply hypocritical, you know, that she's going on and on about how you can't drink and your body's a temple and I'm just going to have right. green tea and salad and not smoke or do anything. And it's like, fuck you. You did like the most invasive shit you could possibly do to your body but just it, for aesthetics. It's <laughs> always those people though. I mean, not to mix, you know, our shows, but like, hi, Shannon Bedore. Totally. She lived like in a green house and was like totally with no Wi-Fi. With no Wi-Fi because she was worried about it. And she has her holistic doctor and she takes all these vitamins and everything is very holistic. And then she has plastic surgery. I mean, give me a freaking break. Didn't we find out that she had like liposuction or something akin to that? And that's how she got skinny. I Honestly, mean, it makes you wonder if all this holistic wellness stuff is not actually in in pursuit of aesthetic value you know what i mean like oh i'm not gonna drink because drinking makes you bloat you know i'm not gonna smoke because smoking gives you wrinkles and stuff but she doesn't come out and say that and it has nothing to do with like just being healthy it has more to do with like just looking better yeah which in which in jasmine's particular case puts her under an even harsher light because this whole this whole justification for her staying home and not working is that she's supposed to be working on her spirituality, all that's supposed to be connected to the way she lives her life, a sort of ascetism. Mm-hmm. And yet if all of that is really just in pursuit of sort of worshiping at the, the, the um, altar of beauty, then who the fuck is she? She's just this mm-hmm. monster that wants to be admired. Right. You know? She's just a, she is, I she mean, I don't all know. day getting pretty, like just spending an entire, and of well, course, that 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 isn't that the stereotype? Thing. That was a yeah, isn't, hour. isn't that the stereotype of like the very wealthy housewife is that all she's doing is, you know, the idea that if we were all celebrities, like if we all had a lot of money, we could all be beautiful. You know, we could spend all day at the gym, mm-hmm. have the chef making us the right food, 
all, you know, all the makeup, all the plastic surgery, all the shit, you know, right. it's like, she thinks she's Kim Kardashian. Right. I mean, she fancies herself a little bit, uh, enti- well, she fancies herself very entitled, but I, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's gross. It's hard to watch her. I mean, she, to me, she's a monster. Yeah. She is a monster. I don't like her at all either. But I. But then again, but then again, like what's underneath all this? Like what is underneath such a, a, an intense need to be looked upon favorably? Like what is that shit? You know? It's so weird because I feel like her and her sister. There has to be something there. Her and her sister look so much alike, but so different from their parents. Yeah. It, it's yeah, very the, the odd. Parents, the parents seemed very detached from their kids. I wonder if they're like filler parents. Like they're not really their parents. They're just I think like, they're just Finnish. They're people that they hired. It's just a very Stand-ins. standoffish, you know, culture, I think. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just they're, I think that they're just different over there. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. But yeah, no, I think that's true. Um, and they're on TV. So I mean, that's odd. It's awkward. What are they supposed to do when they're being put on the spot by his mother? You know, and they know everyone in the world's going to see it. Yeah, you know, the way they, they react. They're kind of like trying to save face, I guess, a little bit too. And also, by the way, we can't forget what all this says about Blake. Like he's oh, going yeah. into this I mean, with his eyes open. He's choosing it, and he's choosing her, knowing that she doesn't get along with his friends and his family, and. And that, that she's vain. That she's vain and all she wants is for... I mean, I think he thinks she's way out of my league and I'm so lucky to yeah. be with her. He's thinking with his little head. I mean, that's, yep. that's all Bottom there line. is to it. And he, and he should Bottom be taking line. the task for that. Yeah. It's like, you're making your own bed here, sweetheart. Like, if he ends up working his ass off to, you know, pay her Sephora bill every month, then, I mean, he should have seen that one coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a rough cut. I mean, I would love, see, this is the couple that I would love to keep following forever. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so down. <laughs> I, I, I could see that. I mean, like, I, I just feel like I'm curious. I wish they did. Do they ever do that 90 day? Well, yeah, they do. Where are they now? They do. Yeah. We need another one of those. Yeah, but they wouldn't be on it right now because they're still on. Yeah, I guess so. But maybe next time. The good news is they're both in this like Hollywood publicity hungry world. So I think they will stay on the show as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, they're bringing it. You know, they're definitely bringing something to the table. So I think they've probably got a long arc ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's possible that this is a relationship that was created for the show. This is the first time I've ever had that suspicion. Ever. Huh. Interesting. Because show's been on a long time. She's someone in another country who probably wants to come here anyway and then figures this is the perfect opportunity to be on a show. He needs publicity for his, like, bullshit, you know, basement record company. Um, he lives in L.A., so he's used to, like, everything being a facade in a show. Yeah. So I could totally see them just coming together as partners to create, you know, a relationship with the show. I think there's at least a 35% chance that that's, the, that's what's going on. I did not even think of that. That's so I've never thought that before with anyone on this entire show. Mm-hmm. But with them, I see it. That's so interesting. There really is very little chemistry. You know, the, the most interesting thing I've ever, interaction I've ever seen between them uh-huh. was this weird confessional in this last episode where he's clearly forced her ahead of time to apologize to him on camera 
for not going to that friend's birthday party. Oh, right. And it was the weirdest, but she most didn't. awkward. She, she did. She did. Oh, and then yeah. she gave him this weird pat kind of like on the arm yeah, or on the chest. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was so poorly acted. And that's the only reason I think it's possible that they are legit. Because if they're that bad at acting, I think we would have all smelled a rat a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Really a couple. Yeah, that was... Because it was, it, that was hard to watch. I mean, that was truly cringe. But also very interesting. Oh, my God. They're so weird. So we've spent a lot of time on them, but I think it's worth it. Oh, I mean, for sure it's worth it. Of course it's worth it. Um, so let's see. Who else do we have here? Oh, Annie and Robert. Oh, Annie and Robert. Yay. Those guys suck. I, I And again, here, this is something where I wish we had more, like, camera f- time is sort of in between two big events because you have this blow up where he's siding with his brother against her and then suddenly they're in a shoe store and he's like practically licking her feet asking for forgiveness so what the fuck happened in the interim like yeah messed up like how do we not know (laughs) i think for her it's just really sad because i think i mean there are all the issues between the two of them but then there are all these external issues like i think it was i think his brother was fucked up and wrong completely yeah he was no and that was really messed up and i didn't like that piece and and people that have so many kids and robert Um, joined in i mean and that was where he went wrong so i didn't like that for sure um that was hard to watch and then you know this last episode with um his with uh the grandmother that was supposedly completely staged well, it it looked awful. It looked it looked staged. I mean, I, I was watching it like, no, no, this, this is an act. This is a very bad acting job. I mean, I knew it just watching it, and then she, you know, publicly said that producers had told her to do that. I was like, yep, that tracks. Oh, did she say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that was completely made up. I mean, it was a stupid idea. It made no sense. You know. It was just completely ridiculous. Now, whether Annie and Robert knew that the producers had said that to them, I don't know. That that I wouldn't hazard a guess about. Um, I imagine they did know, mm-hmm. but it's possible they didn't because the you know the reaction would be more real. Yeah, and I think these producers do some shady, shady, shady shit to set up scenes that they want and stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, what sucked is that the grandparents came off looking bad, and I don't, I don't know how they possibly could have gone into that thinking they would come out any other way. I mean, they must just be so desperate for screen time that they were yeah, willing that, to undertake I mean, this. how did that not turn out? I mean, even the grandfather, I don't understand. I wish I could see the mother of this boy. I know. That's like the big hole in all of this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well... Because she's the grandmother, but he's not the grandfather. Mm, I don't know that that's true. Because you're always talking about Bryson's grandma. I mean, you may be right, but I, I just don't know. I don't remember them making that distinction. Yeah, I don't know. That's so possible. And I really don't care enough about these guys either. I just feel like it's going to be a big flop if they got married. But oh. it seems like they're not going to. What do you mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you see the scenes from next week? I did, but I don't remember something that. Or made... he's like, <coughs> sorry, choking on water. Um, 
they're it looks like they're both at the altar and robert goes i can't go through with this i somehow did not see that scene. i mean i did watch the scenes for next but you know you and i sometimes get different cuts of things Mm -hmm. on tlc so no okay that's interesting that doesn't shock me at all Mm -hmm. i hope that they don't get married um me too Although clearly Bryson is very attached to Annie, I think he would get attached to anyone. Yeah, I think so, he's just attached. Yeah, he's he's like starved for affection or whatever, mm-hmm. or a mother figure. Or... Yeah, that that I story agree. is very sad. I, I really don't like it. And then there's Natalie and what's his name? Is he another Mike? Mike, yeah, he is. Oh my God. Yeah, these two. So there wasn't Mike's... much other than the immigration lawyer told him that she thought that. The fact that something shady. Yeah, they think they she thinks something shady is going on with the application because the embassy said that it was classified. I don't know about that. I mean, think about the the schnooks that might be possibly, I don't know this, but manning like the front desk, you know, of the the Ukraine Kiev fucking embassy. I mean, you know, low level bureaucrats say stupid shit all the time. So I I don't know that I would take that as gospel. Although, you know, the lawyers seem to take it seriously, so there, you know, there could be reason to. I just got I the impression know. that when he went to the embassy, he didn't talk to anyone real. No, I didn't. Either. So I was I like, so. well, you know. He was just taking her word for it because she was the one who said they said it's classified. No, he said it was. He had gone to the embassy. Oh, I thought she told him that. No, no. He went to the embassy, but it just seemed like he hadn't talked oh, that's to like, anyone. Like, Is there anything you want to tell me? Yeah, exactly. So I think he's right to be suspicious. God knows what's in her past. She's crazy. Right. She's nuts. Yeah, I think he's dodging a bullet. I think he knows he's dodging a bullet, and he's really just heartbroken that she turned out to be crazy. Not, I don't think he's so much torn. I think he knows that they're not going to be together at this point. I just think he's but sad. I thought, did I not see um, scenes from like from the whole season where she's in America? No, I don't think maybe, so. Maybe it's just because they're pictured together. Yeah, he was them, over in, like, there. A forest. Yeah. And so it looks like here but they're not no i think it's just because she was over there he was over there with her so they were together so we thought they were here but they weren't well they suck i don't like them yeah but i do like uncle Bo, so i hope they show him a lot because he's my favorite i wanted them to show i wanted them to show him like skinny dipping in that dyed blue pond oh god gross that would be a great scene it's the worst okay so then the last couple we have are sasha and emily this is a rough cut. I, oh. I, I, can't, I can't with these two. That's she, enough. her her low self esteem comes off her like a stench. And I can't with the voice. I'm sorry. I know this is superficial and stupid. She's simpering. She's that simpering. Voice- She's simpering. Okay. You're right. Betsy, can you just try to say something nice to me? I oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I think it's probably nails on a chalkboard to him also. <laughs> I like how they've created yet another just like gigantic bouncing Russian baby boy. Like that oh kid's God. got USSR written right across his forehead. He is so cute. He's so cute. I want to eat him. Mm-hmm. Like I have super cute aggression when it comes to that kid. I see him and I just want to pinch him all over his I little know. folds. He He's so like the cute. stay popped marshmallow man. Little He's like baby. the good, the good year guy. I love him. But I, I think love that him. for them, I think it's just not going to work, but he no. seems committed to make it happen. Yeah, he's committed for now. I think every time Sasha gets married, he's committed in the moment. <laughs> the problem yeah, is I think so too. He, he changes marriage with the isn't the problem for him. No, I think that he. I think infatuation, love, whatever you want to call it, fades for him very quickly with no notice. You know, just mm-hmm. one day, I think he wakes up 
looks at his wife and doesn't love her anymore. And then that's it. Because she's not what he was infatuated with. He's very clearly looks appearance are very um, much a part of his attraction. He should be with Jasmine. Yes. Not to say that not everybody, you know, everybody has a little bit of that, you know, attraction to somebody when they first meet them and when they're dating them and eventually you marry, you have to be attracted to the person that you're with. But for him, I think it plays such a huge part that like the other stuff doesn't even like come to bear. And I feel like for him, his, his physical attraction to her was so big, which is why she changed who she was to be attractive to him because her sister's like, I mean, the food that her sister had bought for Emily because she liked it was not like green, (laughs) you know? No. I mean, she liked a bunch of candy and ho-hos and all that shit. So Emily has never really been the like gym rat that Sasha knew. And so now that she's had the baby and she's not back to her gym rat status, he's, you can, you'll see, he'll start to fade interest. You know what I think bothers me just on a very, very deep intrinsic level about Sasha. And I think probably every woman who watches this show, especially every mother Mm -hmm. probably is bothered by is that he is like the, the physical human manifestation of the insecurity that all new mothers feel <laughs> about oh, their bodies. Totally. <laughs> you know, he is this of guy course. that literally does not love you anymore as soon as you've had a baby and you're not like perfectly bounced back. And we all feel that way. We all feel insecure. You know, a lot of us are lucky enough to be married to men who completely see past that. And, you know, even if you never get back in shape, they don't care. Like they love you for you. All that my I certainly have a husband like that. You certainly have a husband like that. Yeah. And it, you know, and so the insecurity is all on our end. Mm-hmm. But the horror of Sasha is that it's the insecurity is 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 valid. It's real. <laughs> it's well founded. <laughs> like you should be scared if you don't lose that baby weight because he's just going to go and pregnate somebody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like what kind of lose lose situation is that shit? And you're left with your like ninety pound Russian baby to take. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just is there no justice in the world? <laughs> and it's really sad too. Like I mean, I felt really uh, sadness. When um, I felt actually real sadness when I saw the his conversation with his son, who's back in Russia. Yeah, it was so clipped. Yeah, it was just they have nothing to talk about. It was sad to me. Yeah, it was sad. He's yeah, he's um, he's a monster as well. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and um, I'll judge. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, I'll lay down the gauntlet. He he's a monster. He is a total monster. I yeah I feel ugh, God that was horrible to watch. Anyway, I don't think that they got married. I don't think their marriage will last. So we'll see the demise. I'm sure. And like after, I keep thinking after the final rose. I'm in yeah. like bachelor mode. Um, yeah. Just you know one of my many trash shows that I watch. All right. Well, let's should we take a break and then come back and talk um, life after lockup. Well, we only have like a few more minutes, I would say, because PD is starting to scream into the void. So okay. I'm going to give her another like six minutes to see if she wants to flop over and go to sleep. But okay. um, let's just like quickly recap life after lockup and if, and maybe I guess sister wise if we have time. Okay. Um, okay. Why don't you just cover life after lockup and then I'll cover sister wives or vice versa. Okay. Whatever you prefer. So life after lockup, not, so we have the triangle with Megan, Sarah, and Michael. Um, allegedly when Michael was locked up, 
Megan um, hooked up with his best friend. And so there's kind of drama between the two of those guys. And Megan has claimed that they did not have sex. The friend has insinuated that they did. And the friend tells him, like, I really like her. Like, she's she's too good for you. And you don't appreciate what you have. And then he goes, they all go back and, well, let's just go talk to Sarah or whatever. And, or not Sarah, sorry, Megan. Megan. And, and Megan is like, no, dude, I told you. We just hooked up. It was a mistake. Like, I'm into Michael. And the guy seemed, seemed, appeared to be sad. But um, I think that Michael's losing interest in Megan. <laughs> totally. I think, I think Michael's like, okay, we did this. We hooked up. You were great. You got me out of my relationship with Sarah. <laughs> now on to the next. Couldn't agree more. I think he's just showing that he doesn't care about her. And, you know, Sarah says it too. Like, he, ju- he just does not care about Megan. She doesn't realize it, but he doesn't. And I think Sarah knows him. Yeah. And, and then she knows what this means, the way he's acting. Yeah, because he's just not interested. And yeah. Sarah's going off and doing her thing. She's, you know. I think she would take him back in a heartbeat, but yeah, for now. So that's them. Um, Josh and is it Cheryl? Mm-hmm. They finally are at josh's mom's house and they're she told him that they could be there for three days until she finds a new place to live or until josh and cheryl find a new place to live because she brought her toddler with her two-year-old or three-year-old whatever um it's just a really bad situation because the mother josh's mom doesn't like cheryl and cheryl doesn't like the mom and cheryl's just so disrespectful i just i don't know the whole thing is just stupid in my opinion yeah, I don't like I don't like watching them. So I don't like it either. It's too dark. It's too dark, and there's like nothing entertaining about them. So, and then we have Shane, John, and what's her name? Is it Lexi? Lacey. Lacey. These, this, this one's funny. I mean, I enjoy this probably more than anything. Yeah. So Shane and Lacey are married. Um, she married him, and he's like six, eight years younger than she is, and she still clearly has feelings for john even though she says he's just my best friend yeah whatever so she goes out looking for him because he had sent her some texts the night before you know that were a little bit concerning for her and shane gets pissed because she decides to go after him right so she leaves the house after fighting with shane and she goes and looks and she calls the police to see if he she's like you know i'm gonna start calling the cops and hospitals and of course she starts with the cops because that's where he probably is and she yeah. finds out that he's locked up and so he's going to be in there for a long time because he's violated his probation and so she goes home to tell shane john's out of our lives he's gone you know he got locked up and like shane's like he's dead <laughs> <laughs> and Lacey's like no he just got locked up so shane knows he's not really gone and that it's still going to be a looming problem in their marriage because he's in jail but he's not gone yeah, I, I agree. And the problem is that even if John wasn't around or whatever, Lacey would just find somebody else to recreate this love triangle because apparently that's what she needs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay. I mean, I think Shane's go- go- willing to play along, like, just to, to a great extent. So I think she probably picked a good sort of patsy in him, someone that will just kind of, like, stay in this mess with her. I just – it is – it, it becomes dark because of the kids. Right. Of course. No, obvious. These people all have too many kids. I don't like that. I don't like when the kids are involved in Love After Lockup or in um, 90, 90 Day. Day. I just yeah. don't like it when the kids are part of it because it just makes it so much worse. It ruins the fun. You know, it it's, does. It's no longer fun. Because then it's dark. And I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like darkness dark. in my 
trash television. You don't want this shit <laughs> to continue into the next generation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Break the cycle. Um, okay. Then we have my least favorite are Tony and Angela. I just don't give a shit about them. No. Uh, He's so puffy. I just can't. I can't. I don't care about them. He slept in his car. Her address is what's listed for Pearl, so he has to be there. It's just so stupid. They're obviously going to, like, get back together, and it's just so dumb. I just can't. I totally, totally I, I really agree. can't care about them. That's the problem. Is they just cannot care about them. So yeah. they were annoying. And then Marcelino, and what's her name? I'm blanking. Brittany. Brittany, Brittany that's right. Brittany and Marcelino are my favorites. Oh, yeah. I love by, them by, by leagues. And so she's having a hard time because, oh, so her mother's back in town. Her mother is, has moved in very nearby where they live. And Marcelina, to his credit, is very mature and is just like, I'm going to take your lead with your relationship with your mom because he yeah. knows it's been very um, difficult. And so the mom comes with her sisters and they have dinner and Brittany tells, you know, starts talking about how she got hot in jail and all this stuff. And the mom leaves the table and is very, it's very hard for her mom to hear because the mom knows she fucked up. She was an alcoholic. And her husband was, an, and Brittany's dad was an alcoholic for Brittany's childhood. And she made a lot of mistakes and she knows that. And she's now in recovery. And I think that Brittany's sisters got the benefit of their mom being in recovery and being with their dad. Um, and Brittany kind of got the short end of the stick. And things probably totally. would have been different had the mom not been an alcoholic. Or Can you imagine like sooner. having that on your conscience? No, and I'm sure it's horrible. And the thing with Brittany, the, the tension that's happening is the mom one is trying to come back to reconcile, right, to like yeah. make up for lost time and be a part of her grandchildren's life and like let's start a new chapter. And I think Brittany wants that, but first she has to get all of the anger and hurt and pain off her chest. And I think it's going to be really hard for her mom being in recovery to receive all of that. They need to go to therapy. I mean, they just need, they like, really need somebody you know. to kind of monitor and mediate that whole interaction. Because I do yeah. feel like, yeah, Brittany has every right to kind of let her mom know how she feels, but I think it's going to be really challenging for her mom to really hear that and know and, and be able to take that in and also stay strong and continue through her recovery work. I mean, that's a really hard thing to take. Like, I, you fucked up my life, basically, is what she I said. I mean, it, it could be a really good thing for her recovery in the sense that it could be such motivation to never do it again, you know, to never sort of right. slip again because you're seeing this, like, living proof of what happens when you succumb to that kind of an addiction. It's just that I think it has to be done with kind of someone who is capable of facilitating that into a positive thing as opposed to just something that could trigger her to spiral back down into her addiction. I mean, it could right. go either way. So it depends on how it's done. And it, luckily yeah. it's Brittany and Marcelino and like right. of, of anyone in this show, like they're the only ones that could possibly handle the situation with any kind of care and nuance. So I have a lot of hope just because it's them. And I have so much confidence in Brittany and Marcelino. I do too. Um, I so I'm you. happy to see it play out because I really hope that, you know, they do end up, reconciling and 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 possibly strengthening the mom's recovery in the process which yeah. and it could go it could go that way i like i like them too i just love that whole thing i love them i like want to be friends with her she's like i don't have any friends who aren't felons i was like um hello i know i'm even better than a felon than a non-felon i'm a lawyer right exactly <laughs> i'm like two steps mm -hmm. removed yeah i love Brittany. 
Um, and then finally, we just have Clint and um, Tracy. <laughs> They're the fucking train wreck. So Clint has to tell his mom that, you know, Tracy's back in the slammer. And the dad is like, when are you going to get it through your thick skull? And I'm like, yeah. exactly. I would be this dad. He has like zero patience for Clint. And the mom is such an enabler. I just, ugh. I think it's just hard when your son is that much of an F up and he's your only child. Like yeah. they just, they have so many, they have so much invested in him and he, he's disappointed them so much. And I think that he's such a sweet guy. Like he's, I think if he was violent, you know, or if he himself was like really criminal, they probably would be able to cut him off. But because he is a sweet, just deeply hopeless human being, like mm-hmm. he's like a dog. Like they just can't, he just keeps coming to the door. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. No. Oh so, God, I can't stand him. You know? Yeah. It's rough. It's They're hard to watch too. Cause he, I... he seems, he seems like he's missing a few. Oh sort of yeah. Brain cells. Like something. So does seems... the mom. Yeah. There's sort of like a slow, a slowness to them. <laughs> just overall. I don't know if that's because they live in New Mexico. No offense to the people of New Mexico. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but they appear to be missing a few screws. I do like his parents' house. Yeah. I, I like his, I just, I can relate to the dad so much. He's just like, what the fuck happened to our kid? Yeah. Yeah. And the dad owns like this country store. It's like this whole family is like from another era. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun seeing this like part of the country. Um, I think that's it. I don't know if there's anybody else. Am I missing anyone? No. And I, oh, Lamar and uh, Andrea, Andrea. Oh, right. And she has like, so they're fighting about where to live and. You know, he's calling her stupid or not stupid, but he's just saying, like, how can you want to live in Utah because there's no black people? And she's no, we t- yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Sorry, sorry. And she's kind of on the whole, like, hey, look, I, I don't care if there's no black people here. The issue is it's safe. These are all Mormons, are good people, and it's, it's a safe and it's got great education for my kids. Like, she's thinking of it as a neutral parent, and he's thinking of it more of as a cultural, like, awareness. Like, there's no No, black people here. I think, I mean, not to, you know, not to be culturally or racially insensitive or whatever, but I don't actually think that's his real concern. I actually think what's going on is that he's only playing house with Andrea and her kids. He wants to have his cake and eat it, too. Like, he wants to have a family, but he doesn't want to give up essentially his I don't want to necessarily say criminal enterprise but his but I that's actually honestly what I think I mean I don't think he wants to work an honest days you know make an honest days living you know I think he wants to be in a situation with his family in LA where he has the ability to like essentially continue to engage in petty or not so petty crime and then just have this nice family that he's sort of stashed away when he wants to play dad and husband. Yeah, so I can it's, see you that. Know, so that's why he doesn't want to be in Utah. And then he's just coming up with this reason that could, that of course is a very legitimate concern. I just don't actually think it's his concern. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I know what you're saying. I just think that like when they were talking about that, like she was just kind of like, and it's interesting because, you know, I don't want to be racially insensitive either, but like, you can just tell from her older children that they have been around, they have not been around a lot of African-American people their whole lives. Well, not if they live there. I mean, which it seems like they did. Just right. Cause, just and, cause just, the and then they, the way they, they speak, the way they, like, they just, 
I don't know. I don't want to. I'm like afraid of saying anything that might be offensive to anybody. So I don't want to go there. I think we can certainly say that if they grew up in that part of Utah, I mean, I believe there wouldn't have been demographically speaking a large population. I think that Lamar is probably right about that. But actually, to be honest with you, I don't actually know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really hung out in that. But I don't understand. I don't see Utah as being like the mecca for like african-americans i don't i don't know see... how many african-american mormons there are there could be some huge well i don't think that i'm unaware of i don't i know. i would be shocked it's kind of shocking because the whole i mean there is a there is a thread of of mormonism that is a little bit like um white supremacist sort of oh. because you know they are very much like blonde blue-eyed and they want to keep this sort of thing going on and so think about that it is it it is a very white religion i mean i don't i don't want to call them like racist white supremacists but it does i remember when i studied it and read um books about it it just seems like they're very much into like the blonde blue-eyed white families and if you look at all of them like they're all very white people i'm gonna look this up i'll, I'll get back to people yeah I, I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious so i'm gonna look this up and i'll have info on in the next episode and speaking of our favorite mormons why don't we yeah talk a little exactly bit about sister wives it's a perfect segue and many of whom are blonde <laughs> see what am i telling you i'm saying um i i am so loving sister wives this season that i'm actually going back to like the middle of two seasons ago when I gave up the, on the show and I'm okay. like catching up even because I'm just loving it. And I, I feel like I'm missing because they just, they, they're always referring back to this decision. Now, that was why made. did they have to go to Flagstaff so quickly? Yeah. So that, this, this is, this is one of the reasons I'm going back because I, I really don't understand it. It's the, it's the main conflict of this season. I'm, I'm not understanding the origin of it. You know, clearly it was Cody's idea. My, my basic understanding is that either some specific incidents occurred or there was just a lot of um, sort of um, background noise, if you will, that I think in, in terms of the lifestyle in Vegas that made them all feel, or at least some of them or many of them feel very, very uncomfortable there. So I think that I'm guessing that some specific stuff happened just because it happened so quickly in the end. Um, one thing that really confused me this episode was that Cody was saying originally he'd wanted to move back to Utah. So I, did they, did they successfully do whatever that legislative thing was to allow for polygamy in Utah? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to look into that as well. I'll do a, I'll do a deep dive in Mormon, Mormonism, um, this week, but it, I'm guessing that some stuff went down, you know, just some stuff that made them feel not safe. In, in, in Las Vegas. And I've, I've definitely heard them say that it started when they first moved there, it seemed fine. And then it sort of went downhill mm-hmm. or things started to happen that made them uncomfortable, but I don't really know. And especially because of comments that Robin makes where she's like, Oh, I really didn't want to move. Like I really didn't think we needed to. So it does seem like maybe a few isolated things happened to a few isolated members of the family. And then all, but all, you know, where one goes, all go, right? So then it's like, then they all had to move. So I'm guessing that that's what happened. Um, okay. And that's why I'm going back and watching. So I'm really hoping. Well, that- I just didn't understand the urgency that they had to leave and leave their houses empty. And so he thought the market bra. was good. He thought that the market was really, really good. Mm. That, that's clear to me that okay. he thought he, he had timed it according to what he thought the market conditions were. And that he was wrong. You know, clearly they, they're not getting the money that they thought they yeah. had given the market or whatever. 
Um, so I think that's the problem is that they, they left because he was so confident that in the market conditions that existed at the time, the house would sell very quickly and that that didn't happen. So I don't even know if they've sold to date. Well, the thing that I had a problem with is that whether the market's good or not, the problem that he, he didn't factor in is that when you, when people are looking to buy a house, they're not going to want to buy in a place where there are no neighbors. Like they're essentially yeah, buying a weird. in yeah. a cul-de-sac where like any one of those houses they buy, they have no idea who their neighbors are going to be. It's and, true. Although and, I don't think that, I don't know. I don't know. If that, I don't know if that would stop the average person. They might like the privacy of it or, mm-hmm. you know, what? I don't know. I mean, you know, you move into a neighborhood, you don't just assume, oh, I'm going to love all my neighbors. You know, it's sort of, you're sort of accepting that it's all, it's all a mixed bag. Yeah, I guess I just feel like you don't know how long they're going to be vacant. It's not so much about who, but it's more like if they start to really drop the prices, it could bring in like a drug house or it could be vacant and people can start squatting. That's that's true. It does seem like a very nice suburb, you know. Yeah, but I don't don't know. know. Anyway, regardless that he missed the mark. So that's going on. You know, Christina's saying she absolutely won't move. I actually think that's kind of ridiculous of her because I think she's the only person that is saying definitively, I won't move. And I have to say that if you're part of a five person marriage, you're not able to just like unilaterally, you know, um, forbid something that all four of the other people want to do. I mean, that seems to me she's clearly going to be outvoted. And I don't understand how she's not acknowledging that possibility. She's basically just saying, I'm never going to do it. Um, and I think that's a little crazy. Like, I didn't think that was an option, frankly, in a polygamous marriage. Well, I think they have to one. agree. I mean, I just think that you can't unilaterally push something on the person that doesn't agree. I mean, I think yeah, you have Cody to. Yeah, but Cody really wants to live in one house. She really doesn't. So why does one of them or the other get to, you know, unilaterally sort of decide that? It's just weird. Like, he, he is acknowledging that he needs to get buy-in. She's not acknowledging she needs to get buy-in. That's what I find is odd about it. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, unfortunately, we are going to have to cut this episode off because okay. Katie is officially refusing to go down. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk next week and catch up more on Sister Wives. Um, and say hi to PD for me. I will. I hope to see you soon. Yes. Okay. All right. Bye, Bye everybody. Hello. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I just uh, put the baby to bed, so hopefully she will not be joining us. (laughs) All right. So let's do, um, let's jump right in with 90 Day Fiance from last week, take two. Yeah, guys, we actually did record last week and would have graced you with an episode, but we had like incredible technical and baby issues. So it really was just like cursed. And I think this will be better. Fresh start. Yes. So we're just going to go through 90 Day Fiance last week up to date because I can't really remember what's going on um, between one episode and the next, but I know it's the latest. 100%. So who should we start with? I kind of want to start with Juliana and Michael because I think kind of in a way the most happened there. Okay, let's start with them. And I actually have to say I want to issue a retraction and apology. Okay. I was, you know, and, and it's so funny because I, you know, those who can't do teach and whatever you're complaining about, look in the mirror. It's all that 
all that cliche stuff. I try so hard not to judge these people because it's too easy to do it, you know? So it's like, it's harder. And in a way, I think for me, more interesting to actually try to put myself in their shoes and like, you know, gather evidence and look at it objectively. So I have like, it's more of like a mind game, like a mental gymnastics thing for me to not just be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot, which is like probably true 90% of the time. But (laughs) so I try really hard not to do that. I made an exception. I do make exceptions to this. Like I've said, Jasmine is a monster and I do stand by that. Um, And I made a, a, a separate like exception to say that there was no way that what is her name michael's ex-wife sarah sarah there was no way sarah was being genuine when she was you know sort of from the very beginning of the season being so nice to juliana and about juliana and about the whole thing and other than like the little blip with the prenup which from the preview from next episode looks like it's coming back so i'm going to be interested to see that although i do have a feeling she's just going to be doing that well, I don't know. We'll get into that when it happens. But I was absolutely sure that she was just su- super embittered and, you know, putting on a facade. And after this past episode, taken in combination with the previous episode mm-hmm. where she had had that, like, heart-to-heart with Juliana about Juliana's, like, very difficult past, I actually – and then she addressed she addressed the issue directly in a, in a confessional. She was like, it lo- would look like from the outside, like, I should be this embittered – housewife whose ex-husband traded her in for a new model which by the way is exactly what I said about her right she's like and it's just not true and I have to say I don't necessarily know and I I think it's because I'm just learning my lesson to like not make an absolute final judgment but I at least have like very serious doubts about my original judgment okay so what is your judgment now my judgment now is that I actually don't know Okay. I genuinely don't know. The, re- the only reason I don't give her the full benefit of the doubt is because I felt like she kind of made the wedding ceremony about her. Like, way well, too much. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. Like, that is, this is not your day. And you and told it was, me it was a she lot got of... remarried. So it's like, you, yeah, you got did. to have another wedding day. You had another wedding day that was about you. You know, and I really thought that she was, like, inserting herself in it. Like, she made much more of a sort of splash and an appearance of that wedding than the kids did. And certainly more than either the bride or groom did. And I thought that was inappropriate. So I didn't like that she did that. And it makes me question her, continue to question her, despite what she's saying. But I certainly am not, no longer completely convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that she's just, like, you know, putting up a front. Yeah, I thought that she did make it a lot about her. And not just about her, but, like... Hey, look at me being such a big person. Exactly. I'm officiating for them. I'm and like she the kept most... grabbing their arm. I, I was really offended yeah. when she was doing like the real proper vows, which you and I both know are like legally binding. This is the part that is actually, in at least my understanding, at least in California and generally speaking, possibly is that it is legally required that you have a ceremony, you know, in conjunction with the contract. And so this was something that's very, very important. And she put her arm, her hand on his arm when she was talking to him and on Juliana's arm when she was talking to her. And it was as if she was joining some kind of tripartite, you know. Yeah, it was too much. Union. And I was like, no, fuck you. I've never I've never seen an efficient do that at a wedding. And here I think it's extra inappropriate because she's inserting herself in something that she's already part of. But and I really like, shouldn't be. Why did they ask her to officiate? They didn't ask her. She offered yeah, but then they could have said, that's awkward and weird. No. 
I think like, someone did say that. I mean, I think Juliana said that. I don't know. I think Michael's just so worried ultimately that this good relationship that he's got going with Sarah is going to implode. And he knows that only the children will suffer really from that. Yeah, so I think he's playing so it smart. Bizarre. But she should really take a step back, I think. But again, we're, this is the thing where I'm trying not to judge because I'm not in their world. I don't know how like truly close they really are. So looking at it from the outside, it seems so odd. But it's at least possible that it is totally yeah. genuine and they're very close. And I just thought because of the things Juliana was saying about it, that that couldn't possibly be true. She was yeah. like, yeah, this is kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like it's weird anyway. Even if you do get along really, really super well and you love the ex-wife and you think she's awesome and amazing, it's still weird to have her officiate your new marriage. It's incredibly weird. It's like she's already in your marriage in a certain way. Yeah. Especially when there are kids. too much. I really enjoyed the kids actually speaking. Oh, my God. Those kids. That was very sweet. Thank God for those kids. They're so funny. They're so. Oh, my God. They're everything. I hope my kids end up like those kids, honestly. Those kids were really, really great. And I I appreciated them. I thought they were great. Um, But, yeah, I, I agree. I was like, this isn't about you. And nobody cares how cool you are. Yeah, like, nobody stop. cares. This isn't about that. So that I mean, was for sure awkward. I think it's possible that the long and short of what was going on there was that, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to assume that everybody in the world or that every woman in the world is as shallow as I am, mm-hmm. but Juliana is just so much exponentially more beautiful than Sarah. Mm-hmm. I think that it might've really just come down to that. Like, it's not even about her being younger and you know, the fact that they got divorced and this and that. It was just the look on Michael's face when Juliana was walking down the aisle was one of such rapture and and someone who is so blown over just by someone else's appearance. And, of course, yeah. there's more to it than that. But you could tell that a big part of what he was feeling was, like, just such pride and excitement that he was marrying someone so ridiculously beautiful. I mean, she's as beautiful as a supermodel, so in my yeah. opinion. So I think that it could just be that, come on, like, we're all women. We all know what that would be like. Right. And it's got to just be so devastating in that one particular moment where you're seeing her walk down the aisle and she looks like Amazing. she's not even human. You know, you're like, wow. So this is what my ex-husband gets to go home to every night, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That, that's actually kind of how I took it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's crazy. She's crazy. I, I, I really didn't like that whole interaction. I just thought it was weird to have her there. I had forgotten that she was um, that she was officiating, so it just felt extra weird. Yep. And I, I don't know. I just didn't like the whole thing. I just felt like that's so gross. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it at all. So that's why I wanted to start with them because I just had such I have such strong opinions about the overall like threesome, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's. Oof, oof. Um, I agree. I thought that was strange. I I would have put the kibosh on that if I were I mean I know that she didn't really have a lot of power um, but you know had I been in her shoes um, Juliana's shoes I would have just been like no this is not happening same I, I wouldn't have like we had a very very close family friend officiate our wedding and mm-hmm. it was like such a deeply mutually agreed upon thing where we were both so excited to have him and I, I have you know as listeners of the podcast know I have a complicated relationship with my in-laws as probably everybody does in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And if it had been like 
another member of this like larger sort of in-law family, although the gentleman who married us is not technically family. It's just sort of a large group of people that I've been introduced to. I see all the time. If it had been one of like any number of other people suggested, I would have not only said no, I would have been mad. <laughs> right. So it's like, and it's like, I feel like Juliana was in that situation. And I do think it shows how little power she does have in the relationship. She has no power in the relationship. Yeah, I think she has no, no power at all. And the idea that Sarah is going to come in and befriend her and kind of like be on her side, possibly even against Michael, I think could get very, very messy. Oh, for sure. Very quickly. The whole thing is just weird. And then it's, I don't know. I just, I think it's weird when you, first of all, I think it's weird when you have two separate, I mean, I get that they're going to have to be in each other's lives because they share children. That's just a given. Yeah. And I totally get that. That that's just a, a thing. But like, I, you know, even I, as a family law attorney and mediator, I have to step out of my husband's relationship with his ex-wife. Completely. It's good because, that you, you're able to do that. But I it's think because a lot of I wasn't can't. a part of their marriage. I wasn't here when they were married. I didn't know either of them when they were married. So like, cool for me to say, oh, you should do this or you should have done this or you should say this. Cause I don't. A hundred percent. But that takes I can, maturity. I can, <laughs> Well, but it also is just like, it's, I don't know. To me, it seems like common sense, but it's also would be weird if she started like his ex-wife and I actually have a very, I would say decent relationship. I would even say it's a good relationship. She and I text about logistics with their son and everything. Cause she knows that I'm doing a lot of the logistics, but she will even, you know, when we reach out to each other, she would never, I would find it very inappropriate if she were to comment on my husband to me about stuff that she knows about him from the time that they were married. You know what I mean? Like she's not a part of this so new messy. relationship. It would be so messy. It's just yeah. all very messy. And it, you, I think Juliana and Sarah can have their own relationship and that's fine, particularly as it surrounds it, as it, um, has to do with the children because Juliana's in the kid's life and, you know, obviously Sarah's their mother, but like at the same time, that's where it ends. Like no talk about Michael should ever be shared. I fear like this thing where like Juliana sees her as a confidant and could be like, oh my gosh, Michael could be so annoying when he does this. And Sarah's like, oh yeah, oh my god, when we were married, you know. And it's well, like, not that only that, but like takes you down Sa- a dark hole. Sarah might start sort of re, you know, living out some of her own. I don't want to call them revenge fantasies necessarily, but just the things that I'm sorry, but must have gone wrong and things that she must have felt weren't addressed because they ultimately divorced, you know, like there simply has to be some unresolved stuff there. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the power differential that existed in Sarah's marriage with Michael. So it could just be that like, she would be so intertwined in that and her presence, her, her involvement would be so unwelcome. Mm hmm. It's, I mean, I, I hope we get to keep following them, frankly, because it could get very interesting and be much, I want to call, I don't know if I want to call it highbrow or sophisticated than some of the conflict we see, ahem, Angela and Michael. Right. I they hate that shit. Like, they are really, disturbing. They make me feel dumber just well, watching them. Well, let's talk them. about them then. Let's yeah, just let's get them out of them. The, let's just get it out of the way. So these freaks, she is now in... Um, is he from Nigeria? He is from Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. So she's in Nigeria. She thinks because she's an American, she's just going to go down there and bust into the embassy. embassy and she's going to get have them like to AK-47s see her. They probably have like AK-47s at the embassy. I'm like, dude, <laughs> and a U.S. embassy is a U.S. embassy. And no matter where you are, the U.S. embassy has rules. 
And if the rule is you cannot just walk in and get an appointment, they don't care what country you're from. You're not going to be able to walk in and get an appointment. I'm American. Let me go see what I can do. Nothing. That's what you can do. You can do absolutely nothing. Like yeah, she's very brash. She just thinks that she's above the law because somehow she's an American. She pays taxes. And you know what? I have to say she's not alone. A lot of Americans feel very entitled in that way. And I think it's <sighs> disappointing. But anyway, I digress. Um, so anyway, they go, she goes in there. She finds out she can't really do anything. And um, she goes back and talks to Michael. And, you know, it's very strange. This is my feeling about that. Michael wants a child. That's a deal breaker. Angela yep. can't give him a child. Okay, so why are they continuing on? I mean, I don't understand what they're trying to show here. There's no way she's ever going to have a child. Michael, there's no way he wants to be married and not have a child. So I don't understand why this is complicated. Like, what is going on here? And, and how she's so offended when they go to see his family and he has that one uncle or cousin or something that says, you know, well, if it doesn't work out, he just has to go on to something new to find a person to have a child with. It's clear to me that they're in their culture. Procreation is paramount. And if that's something that can't happen with this relationship and Michael agrees that it's something that is paramount to his life and Angela knows she cannot provide that, then what the hell are we even talking about? It must not really truly be a deal breaker. That, that's the only God, thing I can come up with. It's driving me well, fucking You know what? Crazy. Let me, let me, let me give you a perfect counterpoint to this or even an, actually it's more like an analogy if you think about the situation with Marcel, that it was allegedly an absolute deal breaker for him that his parents were essentially going to find the existence of Anna's children to be deal breakers. So right. he broke off the marriage, runs home to Turkey, and then his mother just turns around and changes her mind. So it could be that things that you know we think of as deal breakers on some level or in the back of our minds, we know that, of course... When, when all you're talking about is one person's subjective feeling about something, no, I know, it can but change. The thing is, though, his mother is there and has said to Angel's face, he needs to have a child. Yeah, but Marcel's mom said exactly the same thing. But not to about Anna. Me. And she had never I met Anna. She w- I think she would have said it I know, but <laughs> if the, she had been I talking I guess the to issue Anna. is just uh, the Marcel situation is a little different because now he's gone back alone and has been crying to his parents, I'm sure. And I mean, yeah. we can go on and talk about them next, but I, I just feel like their situation is a little bit different because he's able to tell them, look, you know, I know I'm the only son and I know this is really important, but I'm, you know, I'm so in love with her. I'm going to be miserable here or whatever. Michael hasn't ever expressed that to his mom that we've seen anyway. I mean, we don't even see Marcel do that, but I'm assuming something like that went down. Um, but like yeah, I Michael agree. hasn't even really, I mean, he's kind of been on their side with us. Whereas Marcel has yeah, always sort of true. put it off on his parents. Like this is just their thing. That's why let's just hide it and pretend so that we can get married. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even Michael seems on the fence about the relationship. Yeah, he and it, even it could knows. just take a little bit of pressure from his, you know, his mother to like, you know, push it all the way. I just, I, I imagine what's, I mean, to be cynical and, and my genuine belief here, the most likely scenario is it is a deal breaker and he intends to come over, marry her, get his green card and then divorce her and marry another American woman who he can have a child with. 
Like that, that's what I'm guessing yeah. is really going on. And the only shocking part about all this, except it's not shocking because she's not sophisticated, is that Angie, Angela has not figured that out. Because it's the only logical explanation. <laughs> right. And that, and also, it also is supporting what the uncle said. Because the uncle's sort of like, oh, well, the uncle really wasn't saying, oh, if she can't give you a kid, you should give up. He's really mm-hmm. saying, if you can't get your visa with this woman, give up. So I think that that's the difference. And that's, that's what Angela's not understanding. She's not understanding that the whole grand plan here is just for Michael to come to America, you know. Yeah. So he can have whatever it is that people outside of America think is here. And then, of course, he's 30-something. He, he, he'd have 10 years to be with Angela before he needed to leave her in right. order to go have, you know, a fruitful marriage, if you will. I just think it's, yeah, I, I just think it, it, it's so annoying because I just feel like you guys are just wasting my time. They're completely wasting our time. TLC is wasting our time. And you know what else TLC is going to waste our time with? Apparently, even though they're not even dating anymore, Tom and Darcy, Tom's going to be on 90 day, whatever, before the 90 days next season. I'm like, what the hell? For what? When with did he find some other? No, not with her. That's my point. So like, what relevance could he possibly have? It's like when they do, you know, when they bring Jesse back for a union, it's like, are you kidding? This guy's like three seasons ago. Like, what Ugh. would he give a shit? Oh, and speaking of which, you didn't watch the show and I'll never forgive you for it, but 90 day <laughs> the other way. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. 90 day the other way, there was this couple uh tiffany who was this really really beautiful girl actually i can't remember where she was from was married to this like gambling addict from south africa named ronald and they she they just broke up so they have a baby together they were married Mm. for like a couple of years and um they broke up so that just happened like today so news alert Mm. yeah no i didn't watch that one yeah, so we'll see what happens to Michael and Angela. I have a feeling that they will stick around on the show because they're just going to continue on this green card journey. It's just yeah. Gonna take, I mean, sorry, visa journey. It's just going to take forever. We're just going to keep following them, doing nothing. So Kind of like and Nicole annoying. and Azin, where it was like this oh, non-starter. Right. Although, now that I think about it, I'm surprised that Nicole and Azin are not on this season. They must be on something else. Maybe they're on something else that we don't know about. Yeah, another franchise or 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 spinoff or whatever. They have to be because yeah. I just can't imagine. I mean, they're still together. I don't know why. I, would, I mean, I don't enjoy following them either, but they're more interesting than Angela and Michael. Oh, for sure. Angela and Michael are the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. They they were the worst two years ago, too. Like, they really, really need to be off. But yeah. Until you and I are heading up the decisions, which will probably happen one day. Eventually we will. I mean, eventually we have to, right? What a dream. What a, that would be the dream, man. That would totally be the dream. That would be like the best job ever. I know. I would kill to have that job. I would too. I, yeah, I mean, if it comes down to it, I mean, I would just have to kill you, I guess. Dreams. <laughs> 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 Dreams, dreams. I mean, you're dreams. already dead to me for not watching 90 Day the Other Way. So I know. why not take the <laughs> The next step. <laughs> all right. So we have talked about Julian and Michael. We've, thank God we've talked about Angela and Michael. All these Michaels. My God. Yeah. So let's talk about Marcel and Anna. This was just a fascinating, absolutely fascinating turn of events i mean you cannot In a turn make of emotions i'm sorry turn of emotions it went from like 
we're done. I'm never going to see you again. I'm just so heartbroken. So like, well, are you, are you going to get here in time? I'm so <laughs> upset that we just completely missed out. I know all that thing. stuff that must have happened in the room. And I think the problem is that just like us, the producers had completely given up on them. So, you know, so they just stopped following them and you know, who, who would have thunk it? You know, I mean, the fact that his mom changes her mind on a dime and then the fact that he's still able to come back on the same visa is shocking. I know. Just from like there a bureaucratic point some, of view. They, I mean, they. Uh, to be fair, these guys look desperate and they do look like they're in love. Whether they are or not, they look desperately in love. I think they're in love. I, I just think it's, it may not be, I think it may be more of an infatuation like being in love instead of loving someone. Right. In other words, you know, yeah. I think that's what's going on here. And then whether their relationship can stand the test of way too many text video, you know, translator conversations is right. it's up in the air. I, I think, I think probably not. Yeah. That's going to be difficult. They're going to um, go the way of the bees. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that's really most kind of disconcerting, I guess is just like the the kids are so split. Like he's she's got that one kid that just like cannot with him. Look, he's a teenager. I think we we can't lose sight of the fact that he's a fucking no. teenager. And I feel I just day... it's so sad. I I feel very sad for situations in which like the parents seek approval from the kids so blatantly. Like obviously, we all want our kids to love us, right? She's giving we them all, way too much power. Yeah, we all want over approval her. from our kids to a certain degree. But it's not going to be at the expense of our expense of our parenting, no. right? I mean, I'm still going to put you on timeout. I'm still going to take away shit that you shouldn't have or take away, you know, privileges and stuff like that. So I'm not going to, like, sacrifice good parenting just so that you can like me. I mean, she's on, given up way too much of her power. To the, on a daily to basis, kid. June, yeah. my psychotic child tells me that she's not going to love me anymore if I don't let her watch an iPad. And I'm like, well, then I guess I just won't have your love. She might not be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did I tell you that she threatened to, to off my husband? No. Tell me the story because I, I, it sounds funny. She just said, um, we were joking about something that my husband was doing. And she goes, well, we can just, why don't we just get rid of daddy and then you and me can get married <laughs> and we can live together forever. I'm like, isn't that like the entire basis for snapped? <laughs> I know, but not with the kid. I just feel bad. I told Chris, I'm like, I feel bad. I feel bad that you are not even close to her favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would you mind if we take a quick break? Of course not. Okay. We'll be right back. Legal disclaimer, this is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality or anything or anyone else 
Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Assad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance recap podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. <laughs> 